0: Hey, this is Takara and you are listening to a letter to my sister podcast. You are in the right place if you were raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, There will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of A Letter to My Sister podcast. I have got yet another special guest with me this week. I have Miss Navasia Collier. And so she and I met from a business coaching program that I did called Purpose to Platform. We lovingly call it P2P. And when we were talking and as I was seeing some of the posts in the groups, so I said, hey, she and I, we are talking about the exact same thing. And that's basically... Living the life that we know that we were meant to live, living our own authentic journey. And so through this, Neveja is a blogger in which she has her own, um, she has her own blog called Her Authentic Journey. So I am going to let her introduce herself and then she can tell you what her authentic journey is all about. Nevesia, welcome to letter to my sister podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of A Letter to My Sister podcast. I have a very special guest with me. I was about to say in the building, but we're not in the building together. But uh, through through uh, Zencaster, okay, through Zencaster today, Naveja Collier. So she and I met through the Purpose to platform business coaching program that is led by the lovely Patrice Washington, And as she was talking about her story and the things that she was developing, I said, hey, you know what? She and I are actually kind of doing the same thing. We want to live our lives authentically, go after the lives that we know that we absolutely can have. And so I will let Naveja introduce herself and let you know what her authentic journey is all about. Naveja, welcome to Letter to My Sister podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. My name is Navasia Collier. I am the creator of Her Authentic Journey, where we inspire and guide you to find fulfillment within yourself. Um, Speaking the language of the strong one who is quietly suffering while trying to uphold the traditional life that we're either told or feel that we have to live or supposed to live, and then finding yourself Caught up in living a life that's unfulfilled.
0: All right, you know what? I completely relate and understand your journey because I feel like I went through the same thing. As I've said on the podcast before, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis. I'm gonna call it a midlife transition. That's what I. That's what I call the phase that I'm in because, like you, I just kind of woke up one day and was like, "Okay, this is not." exactly how I want to do life and it wasn't in my case it wasn't that people forced me to do it I put it on myself so you know for me being the oldest oldest child I felt like I had to set an example for me being um, the only child from my mom I still felt like I kind of had to you know set the example I don't want to be the only child and they'd be like well this girl is worthless (laughs) (laughs) so you know I felt like I had to set the example I had to be the best I had to excel and I had to do all these things and I did what I call the life formula so I went to school I got the good grades I went to college and then I got the job but then there's got to be more right there's got to be more you know than this and so I know when I had my awakening moment can you tell us like when you had your awakening moment or what is it that led you to your authentic journey?
1: Well, that's a good question. What led me to this authentic journey, I believe the moment I would say I was in a passenger seat riding on, I was on a short road trip. I remember rolling down my window. I remember the wind blowing and through my fingers and through my hair. And I remember feeling in that moment that all of the heaviness, all of uh, the trauma I've been through, all of the responsibilities, all of the heavy weight of strength that I had, I felt the wind was just blowing it away. And I remember just feeling free in that moment. And I remember feeling that That was my first time feeling it as an adult, feeling that freedom of not being held down to responsibilities. And I have to be strong and I have to do this. And I remember saying to myself that if this is what freedom is, I finally figured it out and I'm ready to go. And that night I had a dream of basically given the choice of living or not. And I just remember fighting my way out of my sleep, fighting my way and I literally jumped up out of my sleep and decided and I knew in that moment that something had to change That I had to do something different, that I chose to live in that moment and so I need to make it worth my while. I need to live my own life and not the life that I thought I was supposed to live, not the life that I was told I was supposed to live. That was the moment.
0: Wow. That is amazing. Just, it's like, as you were describing it, I could see almost like the visual effects. I could see someone like with a drop top convertible on. And you know, like when you watch the movies, you see people and they just look so excited with the <laughs> drop top that hands is in the air, hair is waving, hats is flying off, you know, all those kinds of things. And then even when you when you took it back to the dream, I think that's a very powerful dream because even still it may not have less necessarily been life and death, but in a ways it is because you know, how exactly are you free if you're not living the life that you know that you are meant to live. And, you know, either it's dying a physical death or dying internally, like there's so much more to life than this. So I I think that is a very powerful statement, a powerful dream and even powerful imagery for, you know, everything that you just described as far as your own authentic journey and like that that awakening moment. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm So once you decided that all right, I am going to live this life, I'm gonna live it authentically, I'm gonna live it purposely and on purpose. Like I'm curious, what is what is the first thing you did once you woke up from that dream? The first thing I did,
1: honestly, I had opened up my Bible. Something I hadn't done in a very long time, if I'm going to be honest. Um something that I, I would say ignored for a very long time, but I just needed to get back to who I am and who God says I am. So I did, that's what I did, which kind of led me into every day, taking the time to quiet the noise, to learn who I am again. So do you feel like you
0: were kind of ushered in, I guess you could say, like Because to me, it seems like from the dream that was divinely inspired, like the Lord was saying, all right, I'm giving you a choice. You can either live this life that I want you to live, that you have purpose behind, Mm -hmm. or you can live this life that is essentially um, killing you and not giving you any energy on the inside. And so I think it's very telling that the first thing that you did when you woke up from your dream is you then read the bible and essentially got back in touch with that spiritual side of you that that you had not tapped into in a while. And as they say, you know, the the Lord is a gentleman and so you can either choose to answer the call or not. And so it seems like once you woke up from the dream, you chose to to answer it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um even with that, because, you know, I just feel like the Lord is is strategic with, with everything that he does. And for us, it may seem very inconvenient or, um, as Marshawn Evans called it in her book, Believe Bigger, a split rock moment in which you realize, all right, there's something different that must take place here for me to move from one point to the next. So then with you... Mm-hmm you said in your blog that there were some things that you had to unlearn and then some things that you had to relearn. So what were some things that you had to unlearn as you made your way through this journey?
1: I had to unlearn the fact that I have to be strong all the time, that I have to hold everything and everyone together. I had to unlearn that my needs should be last on the list (laughs) i had to unlearn the fact that strong was equal to or it leads to happiness and fulfillment i really i had to unlearn that what i did learn is that my needs are very are important If my needs are not met, how can I help and how can I serve anyone else, especially myself? I had to learn that my definition of strong and what I was taught is not very accurate. (laughs) To be honest with you, I am still finding out what that word means as I each and every day. Basically that I don't have to be all things to everyone. I need to be me. That's
0: good. So let's unpack this, this um, strong, because strong is something that I have been battling with for a while. Personally, I have now come to the conclusion that being strong is just played out and not worth it. (laughs) I feel like we have taken it, I guess, too far over the edge. And strong has done more damage to us, especially as women, well, as men too. But I think strong has done more damage than good. The vision that I came up with, with being strong the other day was there's this person and in order for them to be strong, they've put up all of these brick walls and layers around them to keep themselves strong. But now that you've put up all of these layers, no one can come in either Mm -hmm. and so you're strong because essentially you've left everybody out and then it's almost like you're kind of choosing to do things on your own and forcing yourself to be the strong one but that's not how we exactly want to do life like life is better when it's when it's done with people (laughs) and then I even found that as a strong, like sometimes people can say, oh, oh girl, you got this. You strong. And then they go on about their day and it's like, (laughs) "But wait, I just sat here and I just asked you for help, but you told me I'm strong and I got it. And so then it's like, there's almost this other perception like, oh, she doesn't need my help. She's strong. She's, she's good to go. So can we, can we unpack this? This strong, <laughs> this strong thing.
1: Yes. Um, the words be strong or you got this because you are strong, I think is very misleading. I think it's not clear. I think gives us the idea to get through by any means necessary, basically. Um, I don't think it's, a, it's clear enough. I don't think we... Talk about it enough. I don't think we explain what strong actually is. I have a love hate relationship with the word strong, to be honest with you, because what I think we're really saying is masking or do what you can do just to survive in the moment. But we end up holding on to it. And like you said, we build walls, and being strong can be very lonely. It can be very lonely. You can get caught up in it so much. Like I said, in my moment of realizing that I needed to do something different, that was the moment that I realized, but being so strong all my life, chest pains due to stress, um, running, hiding, crying, body shutting down, um, feeling like you're all alone. Those things weren't really enough Why? Because I feel that I needed to be strong, deal with it alone and be strong and just get through it. I don't think we're told what to do once we get through the storm or whatever storm that we are. What are we supposed to do with our strong? Right. I think strong is more of a tool, but I think most of us use it as a lifestyle. I I know I did. Being strong was my life. It wasn't a tool that I picked up when I needed to and sat down and know how to put it down when I needed to put it down. We do not always need to have our walls up. And like you're right, we kind of shut everyone and everything out. That's not a way to live. It's definitely not a way to live. And that does not lead to one, how can one... Find out who they really are if they're always in survival mode. they're always on guard, they're always out preventing what may be or what couldn't come. You know, you lose sight of yourself and most things around you. I don't I think it it blocks our vision in a way, to get to where we need to, where we want to go, where we need to be. As far as fulfilling our lives and, you know, being happy in life. It's hard to be happy when you're fighting <laughs> the entire time. So that's my thoughts on being the word strong. Like I said, I'm still unpacking it. I'm still figuring this thing out because the conversation definitely needs to be had. It definitely needs to be talked about more often. We need to talk about what it really is, how it feels, what's on the other side of it the support that's actually needed and that we should accept. That's my thoughts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're definitely some kindred spirits in that (laughs) because I definitely feel a way about the strong and I'm still unpacking it myself. And I think the best analogy, and I cannot remember for the life of me where I heard it, But I think the best analogy that they gave was Superman. Superman was not Superman all the time. He was only Superman when he had like the the, the cape on and he took the glasses off. And then once he was done with whatever it was he was doing, he was back to Clark Kent. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that is the um, that's the way that we need to operate as well. But like you said, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, you you are a strong, independent, you know, you you're all of these things. But then no one, it's like it's not broken down to exactly what that looks like. And then you just pick up whatever you saw on this movie, whatever you saw on this TV show. And you see this woman over here working three jobs. She held on her kids some kind of way. She was able to cook dinner every single night and be happy. And I'm like, wow.
1: <laughs> the question is though, is she really happy? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> I found myself asking myself that all oh, you're right. We um kind of glorify the strong woman, which is not that they should not be glorified. I'm not saying that, but we see the woman doing all things and taking care of all things. But Like I said, is there a conversation of how is she feeling in the moment? How is she feeling now? Is she happy is my question. (laughs) Is she entirely happy and fulfilled while doing all the things and while being strong for everything and everyone?
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, Because even like those expectations that I was saying, so a lot of the things that I have done and did was because I thought that's what a that's what a daughter should do. That's what an older sister should do. Well, this is what whoever should do. So I'm doing all of these things because I think this is the best thing that I should be doing. So I'm basically going off of people's assumptions and I'm again like I said, I'm I'm following the formula. I did everything that i that they told me to do i did everything that i thought that i was supposed to do and i still woke up one day and my brain was like girl we've had enough we're not doing this not an- another day <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not another day are we doing this and um like i said before it was like ever since that point my brain was like okay we need to get this in order we need to get that in order we need to change this we need to do that like I'm, I'm not that big, I'm not a big person, not at all. However, I do know that there's some improvement that I can make on my weight. So literally I've been saying probably for the last five years that I'm gonna lose about 10 to 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. You think I lost those 10 to 15 pounds? I'm like, at this rate, I could have lost a pound a year and <sighs> been at my goal. And yet here I am still at the same weight. But once my brain, it clicked and snapped and said, no, 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 we've had enough. Have I lost the 10 to 15 pounds? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What did I need Mm -hmm. to do? Go out walking just a little bit longer. Maybe Mm -hmm. not a snack on my little chips and my cookies and my pound cake that I Mm -hmm. love so much. (laughs) But it's like, you know, we got to work that. That self-discipline muscle. And I had to realize, hey, girl, you got to get some things together. Like, I know that I am an emotional eater, but Mm -hmm. with all emotions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm happy. (laughs) I eat. I'm -hmm. sad. I eat. Mm -hmm. I'm stressed. I eat whatever whatever the reason is (laughs) i'm gonna find something to eat i'm a snack hey celebration let's go get some ice cream oh you stressed out let's go get some ice cream and of Mm -hmm. course your comfort food is never it's never the food that that brings you and gives you life and give you energy like no one says oh i'm depressed or i'm stressed let me um go sip on this green smoothie. Nobody right. that. Right. Let me get a carrot.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Let me go get some vegetables. Nobody right. says that. No. So it's kind of like what I realize is that wherever your mind is, everything that you do after that follows. Yes. So if I'm in a negative state of mind, I'm going to go to the food that's not going to feed me much nutrition. I'm going to go for the chips. I'm going to go for my cookies. I'm going to go for my pound cake and all Mm my little healthy food is just going to be sitting right there going to waste and eventually in a trash because I didn't eat it before, (laughs) before it went bad. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get it. And like I said, I'm still trying to unpack this, this strong thing myself. And then what I find really interesting is that I, and you can let me know your thoughts on this. I, I was watching a documentary on Qualley TV, and it was saying that for young girls, for young Black women in particular, young Black girls growing up, typically the emphasis is put on them to be strong, be independent, not have to depend on anyone. And of course, in most of those circumstances, they are raised by a single mother who was forced to be strong as well. But yet that same emphasis is not quite put on our male counterparts. Mm-hmm. So the women are taught to be strong, be independent and all these other things. But then the boys that are raised by the same mothers are like, you know, mama's boys and, you know, come here right. and the cuddles and the hugs right. and all of that. And so, um, you know, even kind of, flipping it a little bit and going into dating cuz like i i'm i'm out in these uh facebook and instagram streets just observing <laughs> what everybody is saying about dating and i'm like right. wow the men are saying the dating pool is trash the women are saying the dating pool is trash mm-hmm. the men are saying that the women are too masculine the women are saying that the men just ain't stepping up to the table and it's like well, where did we go wrong? What was happening? And the only thing that I keep coming back to is that the women were taught to be strong, independent, not have to depend right. on anybody for anything. Right. But then yet when you date or when you marry, the man actually does want you to be kind of dependent or or at dependent. least he wants to feel like that he's got a place in there somewhere, and you're not just out here like, oh, I don't need you what you here for anyway. I
1: agree. Um, I don't want to say the word too strong. I feel a way about that too. (laughs) But I do think we can overdo. We can overdo that. And I experienced that as well. I do believe there was, and I'm learning as I go, to let go of that strength. (laughs) But (laughs) I believe there was a time in my life where I did operate in a place where I didn't need or want, or it didn't matter about, you know, the guy in the relationship as far as I can handle it all. I can do it all without really knowing it. Um, Yes, of course we want the man to help out and, you know, we want to be dependent on the man in some areas, but when you're so strong and um, you're taught that all you have is you, and like I said, do what you need to do by all, by any means necessary. However, you get there, <laughs> you just need mm-hmm. to do it. Um, it's kind of hard to to lower that wall once you're in a relationship or you're dating. I struggled with that for a very, very, very long time. I'm getting better with it now, but it is definitely it it can't be good on the other on the other end, like you said, for the guy to receive it. But if we're not you know, lowering that wall and allowing the man to take over some of the things. We're going to keep hitting that same, you know, parts of a man's feelings, hard to find a woman, you know, they're too strong. I've been told lots of times that I'm just, you're just too strong, Mm -hmm. you know, making people feel that they were not really needed or necessary not a good feeling, it can't be a good feeling. So, yes, there is a miscommunication, which is why I'm trying to unpack this strong thing for us women. But one of the reasons why, because we it, it has to be a happy medium, there, there has to be a happy medium so that you know we we can co mingle, we can get this, live our fullest, our full happiness, our fulfillment, just to get where we need to be. I believe that we need. This needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. These topics need to be talked about more often, even to the younger woman, as you described earlier. Um, we do raise our women. I have children, I have a daughter and a son, and yes, I do raise them differently. I am I can <laughs> say I'm a little harder on my daughter than I am on my son, because I was operating in a space of what I had to do and what, how I had to grow up. This was when I'm not, when I was in the, in the survival mode, not really living or discovering who I am authentically um, and being aware of where I am today and not continuing to live where I was Um, in the space of where I was, I was raising her in the way you have, you know, you have to be strong in these areas. You need to be able to take care of yourself. You don't need, you know, those, you know, you learn parents, you know, parenting does not come with a manual. So (laughs) I'm learning as I go, but I do see now, you know, I have conversations with her now and I let her, you know, see it's important. I believe that we let um, our children, and young girls see how we feel sometimes that we, you know, it's not easy all the time. We don't just take things and just brush off our shoulders and go on with our day. We need to let them see what happens sometimes when you have to close the door and you need you need to cry for a second or when things are hard on you or we need to allow them to see that I believe so that we can kind of break this cycle of strength.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, man, I completely, I completely agree with that because I do think that we need to get to a place where we are not afraid to show our emotions to other people and to where people don't think that we can just walk around and be robots. And, you know, Even me sometimes, I have felt that, okay, I cannot break down because if I break down,
1: what is everybody else gonna Mm -hmm. do? Yes, Yes. everything else you feel, everything else is gonna fall. Yeah, You fall apart, (laughs) so will everything else. Okay,
0: okay. This conversation has been so good that I decided to break this down into two parts. So you've already heard part one, and that's where we discussed what our initial thoughts of exactly what a strong woman is and kind of where we got some of our beliefs and ideas from. And next week for part two, we'll transition into how we are now redefining exactly what a strong woman is and how she can be more well rounded, more open, more vulnerable, and all those other things, so that sis can be the full package, okay? The full package. So, as usual, I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. And until next time, bye.